government of today has no right telling us how to live our lives because the government of 200 years ago already did. You have a whole planet sitting around making your power for you? That's slavery. It's society. They work for each other, Morty. They pay each other. They buy houses. They get married and make children. They replace them when they get too old to make power. That just sounds like slavery with extra steps. As sure as I know anything, I know this. They will try again. They'll swing back to the belief that they can make people better. And I do not hold to that. I am to misbehave. Okay guys, welcome. My name is Jessica Green and you're listening to The Jessica Green Show. This is our very first episode and today we're going to be talking to my very dear friend Zach Miller, who is an expert in all things Internet Obscura. If it's strange and it's on the internet, Zach knows about it and he probably sent me a link very early in the morning. And the topic that we're going to be discussing today is the topic of targeted individuals which is a community of people that exists on the internet who believe for whatever reason they are being spied on and followed by either random persons or maybe the government. Um, Not really entirely sure, but I know that this is something Zach knows a lot about. It's a really fascinating topic and I wanted to give him the opportunity to kind of share that with everybody because I never have a phone call with Zach that's not just really, really interesting or full of information. So I thought I would share that with you guys, but a really quick disclaimer is that this is my first episode. I don't have a producer. I don't have anybody who knows anything about sound. It's just me and a microphone, and I'm not very tech savvy. So there are a couple of things during the interview that kind of bother me. Like you can hear my dog walking around doing dog things, and I think about two or three minutes in, the sound gets very quiet for like 30 seconds, but you can still hear what's going on. And I just wanted to let you guys know that ahead of time so that you can hopefully be forgiving of me because it's my first try at this. Um, The other thing is that anybody who knows Zach knows that he will just go right into it. So I don't have like a clean intro where I introduce him or anything like that. I just, he was going and I hit record and I think that the conversation we had was really fascinating and I hope that you're going to enjoy it too. So here we go. And that was a threat to everybody around me. You know, it, the left and the right, it still is. And I, I mean, it's it's a threat to anybody who's got their way of life firmly established in the modern status quo. Because I'm trying to trying to turn society upside down. So I literally have everybody coming after me. And so, in my mind, it was like maybe there is an organization of people that are so dedicated to maintaining this establishment that they would come for me specifically. And this, this granted, this was at a time when there was not YouTube. So there was no YouTube wormhole or, you know, rabbit hole of uh, conspiracy theory videos. You know, you had to seek these things out yourself. And it was still a very underground kind of thing. And it was very much so a, a very manufactured schizophrenia. And I I've dug my way through it and found my way out of it. But I, I did definitely find myself prone to these ideas of the targeted individual that somebody could be coming for me to try to disrupt my plans, you know, that they would be doing this in some sort of covert way that, that I would have to, that, you know, I wasn't supposed to be aware of, but yet somehow I'm smart enough to be aware of it, you know, and, and it just fed into itself. It's a very self-feeding thing. So when you're dealing with stuff like that, it's very interesting. Would you say that the internet has made targeted individuals 
feel more like they're validated because there's a community of them? Oh, yeah, for sure. And see, this is the all right. So I think that maybe we could have a good conversation without sitting down and prepping all this because prepping it and trying to go back over it might feel really forced. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, I do think that we could. Yeah, I do think that you're right. Yeah, it, having a community of these people definitely reinforces that. And that's definitely stuff that we should talk about. Okay. If there's like uh, just like some base questions you can come up with, just really simple questions like that that would help lead or keep things on track. Okay. Well, I do have like I can let me. Then I can just ramble. You know, I can, I can, yeah, I can, I can spill my guts on anything. Let me go ahead and just like throw some of these questions at you now and just kind of see how they land in your head and what you can kind of come up with them. Um, the first, and I'll make notes on things that I think about outside, you know, after this conversation. So I guess the first place I would start would be, could you give me like a really quick two minute explanation of what targeted individuals are for a person who's never heard of it before yeah okay so um you know this is we we live in a world where information and privacy are something that are very uh vulnerable and so targeted individuals are people who believe that for some reason or another their privacy has been compromised and people are spying on them either through like electronics in their house or through conventional means of spying, you know, like following you around in cars, um, tailing you and, and, you know, know, conventional spy means or whatever. And it's, uh, for the majority of people who experience it, it becomes a level of like schizophrenic delusion where everybody and anybody that you see, anything that you see is just uh, proving this false idea that you're being followed or targeted for whatever reason mm-hmm. and it just it's this really big self-feeding thing so yeah ha- having a community online that supports this kind of thing definitely helps it feed back into itself and it's very destructive for some people so would you say that there are a lot of people who are involved in the targeted individuals community who are schizophrenic to begin with or it's something yeah. that yeah. a regular person can sort of become a victim of yeah like so like i said i mean from my own personal experience I was in a situation and a cultural position where I thought I was being exposed to information the majority of people were not aware of. You know, so nowadays, you know, you've got things like the Illuminati is like a joke on the internet. You know, it's this, it's this big conspiracy joke on the internet. But when I was getting into this kind of stuff, I was it was nothing like that. So. If you're being exposed to information like this and there's not a lot of people around, it kind of feeds into itself that it is this big secret. But nowadays, now that it's all over the internet, it's less of a thing like that. So when you hear about the Illuminati now, you can write it off as more of a joke because more people are aware of it. But for myself, when you hear about these ideas and think that you could be a part of this network of people that are now, now you're monitored because you're aware of this thing. It's it self-fed into itself a lot more than. But nowadays, I don't know that it, it is. I, I don't know that it's any easier or, or not as bad per se. Um, but the fact that these people that have these ideas can get together and share these ideas and have communities of targeted individuals—that in of itself, I think, helps those who are already really prone to these ideas be more susceptible to the to the delusions of it. Yeah, so I don't want to. I don't want to put it off like this isn't something that really happens. There are people who are targeted individuals, 
and so that's something that I don't want to don't want to make it sound like I don't understand that there are targeted individuals. There are there are people who are targeted. Right, but when we're talking about the subject of targeted individuals, you mean something specific, like there is a subgroup of people who believe that there are what yeah. government so, or um, yeah, secret so government agencies we, who are basically like watching their every move, spying on them. Like, how far does it yeah. go? So that that is, I guess, the, the big important distinction is uh, targeted individuals. Like, who are you targeted by exactly? And so, I think most people who are mildly unaware or uneducated about history. Um, could easily assume that it is the government that's monitoring these people. But I think people who are a little more educated about the way that society has developed and the history of things might be able to hone their delusions a little bit more and think that maybe there's a specific group who's infiltrated the government Mm -hmm. that are targeting them. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there are people who are just everyday average Joes. And that was why I wanted to bring Christian up, because he's somebody who was a a targeted person, but he wasn't targeted by any sort of like government agency or any, he wasn't even targeted for any sort of like political means. He was targeted for his, his, the fact that people wanted to laugh at the the craziness that he created Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and people wanted to egg that on sort of. So I think Chris Chan is a great example of uh, somebody who is legitimately targeted, Mm -hmm. but also at the same time has uh, a delusional disorder or a, a delusion disorder where he, it's a self-feeding thing. Right. He allows himself to be susceptible to these things, and he allows people to make him susceptible to it. Okay, and so people like, want to do that. Tell people, me, people want to do it for the lulls. So that's that's one level of targeted individual that definitely does exist. Um, so but it, tell it, me, yeah, like, the difference between level. a Chris Chan type character. Or first of all, I guess tell me about Chris Chan. Like, what is his history? How did he become a targeted individual? And, like, how did his belief in being a targeted individual, like, influence that? So, Chris was somebody who... Chris has a... uh, Chris is somebody who has what what we would call autism. He's on the autism spectrum. Okay. Um, I I think that at the point that he was younger, he would have been diagnosed as uh, having Asperger's syndrome or something like that okay but nowadays people don't diagnose asperger's they just call it autism so he he has some sort of like learning issue he has some sort of like learning challenge that i'm not i don't i'm not a professional or anything like that i don't know how to quantify or qualify whatever he's experiencing but um it's obvious that he's got some some kind of of mental difficulty some sort of learning disability you know he's he was able to get into regular classes in school, but he, um, he was just the weird kid in class, you know? And so at some point he created a comic book series that was sort of like a giant self insert that was like, I mean, the most hilariously laughable self insert that it seemed like a child wrote this, you know, like, um, he would have things like the Dean of his school who kicked him out of, he, he was showing up at his college campus with a sign that said all kind. I mean, it said you know, man seeking boyfriend free girl for relationship. You know, it had all these kind of you know like, you know, can't 
smoke, can't be black, you know, things like that. You know, just normal. Oh, I think I remember. (laughs) I think I remember this guy now, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, just stuff like that. And so this lady lady named Mary Lee Walsh um, told him that, you know, she was the dean of school of the school that he was at. Told him he couldn't come to school with that sign because it was basically like a sex solicitation. He's... You know, he's not allowed to do that, basically, on school campus. And he was so, he was posting these things on Reddit. That's how people were aware of him. Well, and so, no, what ended up happening was he, he well, he was posting a comic book where he would self-insert his own life. Like, Mary Lee Walsh would all of a sudden become the main villain in his comic book. You know, this little self-insert comic book where he is a hero in his own world, yada, yada, you know. I'm sure you can imagine everything from there. But, like, yeah, he began posting this, he, he posted this, comic book online and somehow or another it ended up on 4chan and people from 4chan ended up targeting him in ways that chris would never really fully understand right right and ended up manipulating him to doing all into doing all sorts of things like uh there was one time where he was he had a fake relationship with this person who ended up being a 14 year old boy and it ended up where he had phone sex with the kid. So, I mean, it, it, this is, like, such dicey type of behavior wait, that's wait, going wait. on where, like, literally you cannot so find a 14-year-old of this anymore because literally it is a recording of Chris Chan engaging with sexual behavior with a minor. So it's like, but, this but, is how serious. But the minor... serious... Huh? But the minor catfished him, like the minor pretended to be a girl. Oh, the minor, the, the, yeah, no, the minor was the manipulator in all this, and the minor was the, so, like, it, it's a very dicey area. That's why Chris isn't in jail right now. But at the same time, it's like, this is the kind of behavior that's going on. This is how, this is how far people are willing to go in the type of situation. You're dealing with 14-year-olds, okay? This a 14-year-old who, in the eyes of the law, really has little consequence that he can face. So he can do all this kind of shit. Nobody's in jail for any of this stuff. Yeah. But but literally, there was a phone conversation of Chris where Chris literally transmitted video of himself having sex with a sex doll <laughs> to a to a minor. Oh dear. Okay. And is not prosecuted for it because it wasn't him who was initiating this. This is the level of fucked upness that is going on. Okay. We got minors messing with an adult male. It's it's, it's oh, a I'm very sure. I'm he's sure it very happens. prone to this kind of stuff. He's yeah. very susceptible to it. Is my point. Right. So and you know he's very eager to find a girlfriend. Right. So anybody who approaches him on the internet as a female and uh, you know demonstrates any level of interest in him at all in him at all uh, he he goes forward hook line and sinker. So it depends on how susceptible you are to this type of stuff. And so then we can get into, like, the Terry Davis thing. Because Terry Davis' okay. situation is something that I'm not exactly sure he fully believed everything he was saying. I think that Terry was a really... So before we... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we get into Terry, tell us yeah. who Terry Davis is. All right, so Terry is... Uh, Terry Davis is a programmer who came up in the, he, he was one of the earlier, all right, so he was, I would call a second or third generation programmer. Um, the world of computing had already developed very well. There was the Commodore 64, Terry grew up using a Commodore 64. Um, that was what got him interested in programming and he went to school for it, all this kind of stuff. And because he, 
was introduced to the very like ground level of programming, he saw that as something that was like just a great place for programmers to learn how to program it. And so he he developed this operating system that was a very like basic thing to use, like even more basic than DOS, you know, more basic than DOS. Not even more basic than DOS, really. It had a visual interface to it, but like he he did a good job. He did something that was amazing. But um, because he got so much ridicule and people didn't really understand what he was trying to do with it, um, he it sort of forced him to become more uh, more boastful or more like more annoying with his advertising of his program. He he got more aggressive. He got like really camp, defensive. With his own personal campaign. Yeah. So like, um, with every with every pushback that he got, you know, his operating system couldn't even connect two computers together. You couldn't get on the internet. You couldn't install outside proprietary software. There was no interface for peripheral things. You, you, you were lucky that you could plug a mouse up to the thing. You know right. what I'm saying? So like, um, he was. It was a very basic thing. He really loved it. It was a personal project, and he became so obsessed with it that uh, it became sort of like a Terry versus the world kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And so, because he presented it that way. People fed into it a lot, and you know he would do like live streams of him exploring his operating system, and people would call in and coax him into saying all sorts of crazy things. Um, you know, the big thing for him was the CIA, and they glow in the dark. And wait, wait, day, what? Huh? To what? this day, you can still go on 4chan or in all sorts of corners of the internet and find people saying things like they glow in the dark. Uh, which is a reference to Terry Davis's delusions or his statement that, you know, the CIA was out to get him and stop him for his operating system. That Linus Torvald somehow, the guy who created Linux, um, that somehow Linus Torvald was a part of the CIA and that this was some big conspiracy to shut him down. You know, so that was that was something that he presented as a possible delusion that he was having. But I personally don't know. I can't, I can't tell with Terry if that's actual actual delusion or if that's him just trying to be provocative and edgy. Because he has a history of just trying to be provocative and edgy. Right, you know? I've seen some a, of the videos. He has of... a history of atheism. He was raised in the Catholic Church, but right. he was a self-professed atheist very early in his life, and then all of a sudden he's making this temple os which is supposed to be the third temple of god and in my own personal experience with religious beliefs i see it more as just him making jokes about it you know him him using it as a platform to make jokes mm-hmm. or to as an as a platform for inspiration mm-hmm. more than actually believing that he's communicating with god okay. anything like that or that the cia is actually out to get so I've seen some of the videos that you've sent me of Terry Davis, and one thing that I noticed is that he does emulate sort of like a manic kind of behavior, where like yeah. his speech is very rushed and his thoughts are not very organized, and he's just sort of like clicking around, showing you, oh, let me show you this, oh, let me show you that. It's almost like a little kid showing you their Minecraft. Yeah. yeah. So he, he may have some sort of developmental issue there, or some sort of, you know, because I, I don't know personally. I'm really not sure. Um, you know, the way that society works today with 
you know, self-identity and all that kind of stuff. I really am not sure how to judge that or how to scope mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. or anything like that. All I can say is that in my mind, I think a lot of it was a joke. I think it was a, a personal joke, something to make himself laugh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I think that was about it. As long as Terry got a laugh out of it, he didn't care. And if other people got the joke, then you know, more power to him. But so you don't think I that think Terry actually Terry, believed he was being followed by... I think Terry by... honestly believed that he was... I think Terry honestly had... I don't know that he believed that he was representative of God or building the third temple of God, but I do I do believe that he thought he was right. I do believe he thought he was smarter than most people and that he had a sort of delusion of grandeur almost. Do you believe that... I do believe that. Do you think that Terry really thought that he was being followed by the CIA? Uh, I don't believe that, but I do believe that he could be very predisposed to those ideas because I do think that he thought he was God. I think that he thought he was special in some way and superior to other people. Mm-hmm. So those of us who are not as superior as him or those who are those of us who are inferior to him would be trying to shut him down. Right. I think that I think that he was very easily prone to those ideas, yeah. So Terry is pre Terry is kind of pre internet the way that we know the internet today is this mass massive culture. Oh yeah. So he w- he was um, he's no longer alive. He no. Okay. Um, how did how did Terry meet his downfall? Uh, at some point, he got into it with his parents about his refusal to take his medication for schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. Um, he stopped taking his medication, and apparently, he would have these manic episodes about once every six months, and. Um, so I guess he just had a manic episode flare up at one point. He had stopped taking his medication, so it was really bad. And his parents told him that if he didn't take his medication, he was going to have to leave. I think that he actually assaulted his father. I'm not positive about all this, but I think an altercation happened at the house that resulted in his father getting hurt. And so they told him that he had to leave okay. if he didn't take his medication. And Terry chose the route of not taking the medication and just going out on his own. Mm-hmm. And... He was out for a little while. He he survived on the streets by himself for a little bit. Um, He met up with a few people that he knew from the internet, and, you know, they they had interviews with him and stuff like that, or they would go eat lunch with him and stuff. But at one point, one day, he just decided, I guess, that that was it, and he started walking down a railroad track. Um, the, The driver of the train said that when he saw Terry, it looked like he was laying down on the tracks, like he intended to... Like, that was how he wanted to go oh, okay. out. So, so, probably suicide. Like, he was, yeah, he was just ready to go and laid himself down on the tracks and was waiting for the train to just right. come. So, so it's interesting that we it, have this entire internet really, community built around the idea that um, people are following you. And then, oh, yeah. so you have Chris Chan, who legitimately was sort of being followed by the 4chan oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. culture. People were, people were setting him up from, you know, not just the internet, but, like, he had real-life encounters where, like... Uh, at one point, Chris went on what he thought was a date with this girl that he'd met on the internet, and then at some point, um, the date ran into uh, a black man in a pickle costume, and she knew that, you know, everybody knew that Chris was not only a little bit racist, but hated pickles, so this is like a double whammy to him, no. <laughs> for this girl, <laughs> well, double whammy, more like a triple whammy, his girl was stolen, his girl was stolen by a black man. And a, it was a black man in a pickle costume. So these, <laughs> these people were doing everything they, they could to, 
pluck Chris's strings. These people, you know, right or wrong, however Chris felt and whatever these people did, they they were trying to just goad Chris, you know. So that was a genuine case of like an individual being targeted by people on the internet. And then you have Terry Date. I was saying, like, Chris Chan is an example of people who were legitimately being targeted by people on the internet, even if the purpose was for to make, even if the purpose of that was to make fun of Chris, it's like, he was legitimately targeted. Whereas you have Terry Davis, who, I mean, I've watched the videos, he definitely repeats the idea that the CIA is after him over and over and over again. And oh, yeah. yeah, so but was, but you're saying that you don't think um, you don't think he that was he was targeted in the same way that Chris Chan was, but I don't think that Terry was as susceptible to it as Chris was. Mm-hmm. I think that Terry played into it a lot, okay. but I also at the same time think that it was a joke for Terry. I think for Chris, Chris legitimately wanted to find a girlfriend, so he got on the internet and he put himself out there. And what he got was a bunch of people catfishing him yeah. and getting him to do all kinds of things that, that, you know, he would never have done otherwise. So it, it's just a, it's a, it's a level of manipulation that I think is important to look at for one, I guess. Okay. Because, yeah, so, like this was something, this was a situation where, and we're not even talking about targeted, neither of these people that we're talking about so far are good examples of somebody in the target. Neither one of them are really what what anybody would consider, I guess, a targeted individual because these these people are not on that level of schizophrenic behavior. Right. And That's what I wanted to ask targeted. you about was kind of like... like the, C- the CIA wasn't targeted. Nobody's targeting Terry. The, the, the CIA... And nobody with any real power is targeting Chris or Terry. Anybody targeting them and making them do things is only making them do them by their own volition. The, the targeted individual community is much deeper than that. Right, so and tell so me about... Both of these people fit into that spectrum and I think deserve to be talked about in it. But at the same time, there there is a level of targeted individual that is deeper than both of these people go. Okay. So that, that's, a, that's a, a deeper thing that I think we should get into too. Yeah, so tell me, like, I guess... Like, like what... the lady that I ran into at Publix. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead with that. So... You know, I'm standing outside of my car, and I'm at the job site. It's late at night. There's not many people out. Uh, we're waiting for the publics to close so we can get to work on the three alley. But there's a lady walking out behind the shopping center, and I'm looking at her because it's an odd place, you know, to be walking out of. There's no car, yada yada. And she just starts yelling at me about how she sees me looking at her. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to look at you then. I just stuck my head in my car and. Let her go on about her crazy way. Like she looked at you directly in the eye and was like, "Don't look at no, me." No, 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 no. That was that was the weird thing about it was that she wasn't looking at me, but I was the only person around, so I couldn't tell if she was talking to me or yelling at somebody on the phone or something like that. So I just I just minded my own business and stuck my head in the car. Then uh, at some point she stopped and turned to me and started yelling at me directly. So I looked up at her and she started yelling at me, you know, I can't, I can see you looking at me. I can tell you're looking at me. People don't like that when you're looking at She said that to you? Yeah. And so I just, I was like, all right, fine. And she just went on back into the store. And then, uh, when she comes out of the store, I was in the trailer, uh, getting some stuff together. And then I hear her yelling outside. I'm like, oh shit, it's the lady again. So I go stick my head out the trailer and she's yelling at a coworker of mine, yelling something like, oh, 
that guy right there in his car. Of course, yeah, he's starting his car, right? Yeah, I'm sure thing. So, like, I'm, I'm sure in her mind she's thinking that he's watching her. So there's a and random – so wait, so the setup here is that there's a, a random person in the parking lot who starts his car, and this woman just looks and says, uh, oh, yeah, this guy, he, he's – Exactly. Right, okay. Exactly. has nothing to do with her, but in her mind it has everything to do with her. Okay. She's thinking he, he just turned the car on to make it seem like he wasn't watching her. Of course. Oh, of course. You turned the car on now. Of course. Yeah, he's starting his car. Sure. Sure. And then she looks at me and goes, uh, something about the government, uh, everything you're doing is already, they know everything you're doing already, you can't do anything about it, we already live in a totalitarian state, and she just walked away. And I'm like, what? Wait, what was what? that last uh, part? I didn't quite catch that last part. We already live in a totalitarian state. She says, they know everything you're doing, you can't do anything about it, we already live in a totalitarian state. And she just walks off. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm completely blown away by this like i've been watching stuff and reading stuff about targeted individuals i've been going to these little sub forums or subreddit groups uh, these different communities of people on youtube who are sharing videos of people they believe are watching them and following all kinds of yeah so let's talk about those guys because the idea i wanted to find out about like what this in my parking lot what this community right right so this is a community of people on the internet right now who believe that they are, for whatever reason, because it's not as though these people developed a uh, developed a computer program that they think the CIA is after them about. That's like some real kind of schizophrenia there. It's no, not exactly. as though they're the people, who... people on 4chan who are making fun of them for writing a goofy comic book because he can't get a girlfriend. This is completely normal, everyday, work-a-day people who exactly. believe they're being targeted by the government. Exactly. For some reason or another, and they, I, that's what's scary about it, is that there are people who are legitimately targeted by sort of spooks or whatever you want to call them, and espionage groups, different, you know, intelligence agencies or whatever. <laughs> but what are, what are the targeted individuals community? Is there like a grand unified idea as to why they're <clears throat> being targeted? <clears throat> no. And that's what I find most interesting about it. <clears throat> um, I never hear... And uh, we've talked about this before, but the um, that movie, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, right. is like, to the freaking T, what these people think is going on, but none of them vocalize it in that way. So, I mean, if these people were to see Invasion of the Body Snatchers, I think they would be, like, wholeheartedly sold that that movie is true, that that is exactly what's going on, and right. then, like, aliens or, or interdimensional beings or something other than just, like, a higher power is trying to coerce humanity for some, you know, it's a higher power. It can do whatever, but for some reason it still needs us to, like, choose to go with it. And these people are believing that they are just refusing to be a part of whatever, you know, and and it's their schizophrenia building on itself, their expectations of, like, societal norms and whatever it is that, you know, Makes them think so, that they're being targeted or, or singled out for some reason. And do you think that schizophrenia? It it, it's the what? I'm sorry. It continues to feed on itself, like the Terry Davis situation. Mm-hmm. You know, it could easily he could easily have had delusions that the CIA was trying to stop him from sharing the information of programming or the not. You know, because pro- being able to program is a very enlightening thing. Mm-hmm. If you can program, if you, if you know how to program computers, that's a very it's a very involved 
It's, it's a practice. You know, if you can do that, that, that's a lot of knowledge and information that you have and a very deep understanding of reality in, in general, of, 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 of a very specific thing and how reality works. So I could see why he thought this gave him some sort of like higher understanding. Um, you know, writing your own operating system is not an easy thing to do. I don't know anybody who's done that. Right. You know, there's, there's like a, but a handful of people who, who can write their own compiler for an operating system. And, but nowadays people could do that a lot. There's a lot more people who would, who could and would do that. They just wouldn't do it. They wouldn't waste their time doing it because it's stupid. Right. You know, it's, it's something that's just not practical. In Terry's time, it was a little more practical, but you know, or for him, he felt like that knowledge was something that made him more targetable than other people, or at least he chose to exploit that avenue to try to promote his Right, but the targeted individuals community doesn't seem to have this thing where it's like, okay, we are programmers or we're, you know, doing something that the authorities don't like. They just think that they, as Carol from Accounts Payable, is a targeted individual. Exactly. And I mean, like, so from my own experience, for me, it was like sick, you know, uh, occult knowledge where like, you know, I was looking behind the veil. I was looking at that, you know, I saw the Wizard of Oz, and I mm-hmm. saw that he was just a tiny little man. You know, he's not this big, giant, green head. So you said so for that me. that's why I thought. You, you, you said for me. that. Yeah, for me you, personally. So you, that you, was why I. You've dabbled in the idea of target hood. That's what, yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. Okay. That, like, for me, I, I felt like I was susceptible to these things because of the situation I was in. Okay. And it was a self-feeding process that, like, it got to a point where I'm not schizophrenic, you know. So I, my reasonable mind was like, nobody's following you, dude. Mm-hmm. But the things that I was exploring and the position I was putting myself in definitely predisposed me to the idea that people would be following me or trying to stop me from whatever I was doing. So, so are we talking about back in the day when you were really into, like, conspiracy theories about the Bilderberg group and things like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, back in, like, 2000, 2004, 2005. Okay. You know, so I was really susceptible to these ideas. But, you know, my reasonable mind took over and was like, no, nobody's following, that van isn't following you. Even though you think it's the same van and you think that it might have something to do with you, it probably doesn't, because who in the hell would be really following you? Why right. Why would anybody care about what you were... You know, even though I was exploring these sort of forbidden ideas, nobody really knew about it, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't like I had some big cult following on the internet. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just random dude who was visiting certain websites. And who was really going to care about that, you know? So, so it, what it do you think... To, do you think the outcome of Terry and the outcome... Well, I don't know what happened to Chris, but I can't assume he's doing well. Um, well, yeah. he's not. So, do you think that... He's, he's doing okay. His mom's, his dad died several years ago, and his mom's not far behind. Mm. And, and when she passes, it's going to be a very... I'm really not sure what's going to happen to Chris. He's probably just going to get taken advantage of and left in an alley somewhere to die. Well, that's depressing. So, do you think... I, I guess I brought that up to um, ask you if you think the fate, what will be the final outcome of this targeted individuals community? Like, what is the end goal? Are they 
they think they're going to expose what's happening or do they um, they're just trying to no, escape they, or what's what's kind of the the ultimate fruition of the targeted individuals community all right so i i for one don't want to try to put a bow on all of it but i don't i don't think i just want to go ahead and i guess put out there that i don't think you can put a bow on all of this. I don't think you can box it up and say this is what is happening with this community because we're dealing with a bunch of people who are dealing with a variety of mental illnesses that are feeding into a delusion for various reasons. So, like, I don't think that there's any... I, they themselves, I don't think, have any goal. They are just, for themselves, the majority of them are just trying to figure out why they're being targeted. Right, in in the terms of, of the schizophrenics, so like there are, I, I think we should really differentiate between like the ninety percent of people who are delusional and believe that they're being targeted versus the ten percent who are being targeted for various reasons. And so the delusional ones, I think there really is no end goal other than to understand that this is a this is a delusion that develops and to try to do our best not to provoke those people. If somebody's having these delusions, you know, it's it's better to understand them and try to guide them towards help in a positive way than to try to ridicule them as people who are crazy or, you know, to try to ostracize them from society. I think that ostracizing them from society is exactly the wrong thing to do. Making them feel like they're crazy or telling them that they're crazy is the wrong thing to do, but guiding them towards help is still the thing that we need to do. Okay. I think that that's a great point. What would you do maybe to guide someone like this if you felt you were dealing with somebody who felt that they were a targeted individual? Because obviously mental health care is not something that everybody has access to, or even when they do. I mean, they're not – look at the case of Terry Davis, who met his end by the refusal to take his medication. medication. Right. So what is – What's to be done for people who think that they're being targeted? I don't. That's the thing that I, I, I'm really not sure. So, like, if you think you're being targeted, all I can say is there are other people out there that feel that way and are just as suspicious of psychiatric help. I myself went in and told the psychiatrist when I went in to go see a psychiatrist for the first time told them that they were part of the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, I was afraid they were just trying to give me these pills to make me not see the world the way that I would, the way that I was. You know what I mean? Right. So I told them, I was like, I'm even afraid that you're a part of the problem. And for them, that immediately was like, oh, you're, you're manic. You're schizophrenic. You're crazy. Mm-hmm. And they tried to put me on this even stronger medication. It was a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. I went in there and I told them, I'm afraid of medication. And so they put me on medication. It was... It was absolutely insane. And mm-hmm. that's one that's one big thing that I think is important in all of this, was that I was not personally schizophrenic. I was not at that state of mind, but due to the condition of society and my understanding of things as the way they were going, I was I believed that I was I was very I was making myself more susceptible to schizophrenia. Okay. Or schizophrenic behavior anyway. Okay. You know? And then that's just because of the way that our minds work. Our minds are programmed that way for because of a certain like fight or flight 
response that we have. Sure. We're, you know, our brains have skepticism built into them because it helps us survive. You know, so like these, these ideas are not anything that I want to discourage. I want people to explore these ideas. You know, mm-hmm. I want people to be afraid of these things. That's what, that's what kind of fucks me up about all of it is that I, I hate the fact that I had a struggle in life, but at the same time, I appreciate what I learned from that struggle. Right. And I just, I think that other people in that position or worse could learn a lot or better from other people who can understand where they're coming from and maybe communicate them to a way that they don't feel like they're crazy or they're ostracized or, you know, just some way to help people. Basically, we, we live in a world that doesn't understand mental health and people are afraid of mental health. You know, we treat craziness like you're a psychopath or you're, a, you know, you're just if you're different in any, in any way, then you're something that I need to be afraid of. And that's something that I think we need to just educate ourselves on personally. So like more than a video or a, a, something about targeted individuals, I think it's better to focus on the vast majority of society that doesn't consider, that's not in that, you know what I mean? Sure. And, and say, let's try to understand these targeted individuals. Let's try to understand this minority because it's just making it harder for them, which is just making it harder for us. And it's a, it's just this lather, rinse, repeat process. Mm-hmm. That, that, well, it's that, a, it's a know. very large community, which is something that struck me because you had pointed out individuals to me and I thought, oh, well, that's interesting that these people are, you know, they're interesting characters. There's no denying that Terry yeah. uh, is an interesting person. Um, but I also noticed when you started pointing out that this is a large community of people, that there are people, a large community of people who may end up with the same fate as Terry Davis. And that's not something that anybody wants to see because you do have people in this society who do snap. They, for all of their various reasons, they snap and they sort of take their um, upsetness at the world out on people who have nothing to do with it. And so I think, I really agree with you when you say that it's important to understand where these people are coming from as opposed to yeah. making them like a sideshow. Exactly. Because treating them like a sideshow is, I mean, all right, so if you're, you know, the sideshow is a good example where you've got people who are disenfranchised by, you know, their position in society. Maybe it's a woman with a beard. Maybe it's a guy who is a midget. Maybe it's somebody who has was born with three legs or only one leg, you know. Right. But the freak, the freak show was a way to empower some of these people while also feeding into society's curiosity about things that are different. But treating people like Terry Davis or Chris Chan like they are the modern day freak show is it's Chris Chan and Terry. Terry may have signed up for that. But Terry Chris, may be an example of somebody who, signed, who who was doing this because he knew it was going to get that kind of response and was just feeding into it. You know, I don't really, I can't, at the end of the day, I can't speak to Terry's motives. I, just like I can barely speak to my own motives. You know, I'm not Terry, so I don't know why he was doing what he did. But, but even so, but it, Chris it Chan. to me like he was playing into it more than somebody like Chris Chan. Right. Who is obviously very susceptible to all of it. You mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And you know he's not, he's not able to have that. He has no level of self reflection. 
So at the end of the day, when Chris gets presented with these things, he's not able to sit down and, and criticize himself in a way that is positive. And, and I think that a society at large has something to learn about that too, because I think most of us are not able to criticize ourselves in any sort of constructive way. I think most of us just don't want to, you know, we live in a society that is so self-feeding and gets, how many likes did I get on this post? Mm-hmm. That, that, you know, our self-validation is something that, that most of society just can't, you know, we're, we're in the, we're just as lost as Chris is. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that there's something that we can learn about Chris, about ourselves, from him, and about him because of the way that we interact with him. You know, maybe there's a part of Chris or Terry or, you know, the random schizophrenic lady on the street. Maybe there's a part of these people that we need to look at and self-reflect on uh, more than, and, and just as much as reflecting on how much we interact with these people ourselves. Mm-hmm. Are, are we the asshole that, are, are, you know, am I the asshole that, that makes fun of people who have mental disabilities? Do I make fun of crazy people? Do I think that's funny, you know, right. or, or am I the kind of person who sees mental illness and, you know, it has this sort of just gut-wrenching, wrenching, you know, effect on me where I just want to help anybody. It's like having a seizure. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see why, like, a teenage kid could think seizures are funny. I had friends who went to the mall when we were in high school and would fake having a seizure in the middle of the mall at the food court to get a reaction out of people. Nowadays, now that my best friend and my mother have seizures, I would want to beat those kids' ass. Asses. But maybe better than beating anybody's ass is we give a platform to this thinking where we say, hey, these people exist. Exactly. Exactly. Um, So, yeah. yeah. And I would never want to put it off like, I, you know, my, my maturity has grown into I want to beat people or assault people. No, but no, of course not. It's just that, it's just that you know, that's that's where I'm at there. And, yeah, I'm also at a point in my life where I can forgive ignorance like that. You know, I'm a, big, I'm a grown enough person who can say they're just kids, they're being stupid, you know. Or they're just they're just ignorant, they don't know any better. There's no reason for me to want to hurt them, you know. All I got to do is just go, you're fucking stupid, you know. And then that's really enough. Okay. Yeah. No, no need for physical assault, but it's like that. that is... Yeah, no, I mean, believe me, that shit. No, that, no, no, I don't, awesome. I don't, I don't want you to think that I think that you were arguing for physical assault. I was just saying that, like, I think maybe better than. No, but I would, I would want to make that clear myself. Sure, sure. But also just, 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 to yeah. tell other people what's going on, to say, hey, there's this community of people out there. Um, they're deeply affected by a lot of the ways that people behave on the Internet. Because we do, when we see something unusual, freaky, kind of odd and our human instinct is to be amused or laugh at something that's outside of our normal experience that can turn a regular person's life who might not already be in the best of circumstances or best of mental health and you're taking them and putting them on this public platform which is in a way a modern day freak show and say oh look at this insane person who you know passed out on the streets or you know whatever or who made a funny mistake and then suddenly the worst moment of their lives is now a viral meme on Twitter. And that's really taking a whole person's existence and sort of like uh, like putting them up for our amusement. And, and, and that's true. 
But now the thing that's fucked up for me is that I'm on the line about that kind of thing where it's like with Chris, I don't know. Some of Chris's behavior, I think, is worthy of criticism. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Chris is beyond criticism at that point. I think that there's plenty of behavior that we could look at and say, yes, that, who the fuck are you to try to judge these people? But there's a lot of things that Chris does that it's not just his fault either. It's reinforced by his parents. Sure. Um, so Chris just lived in this world where he wasn't accountable for anything and all of a sudden became an adult in a world where his parents were just sort of too old to care about anything that was going on around him. And he had some sort of just social development issue where he really couldn't, he really couldn't criticize himself enough. And he threw himself out there to a world that was very vicious. And, you know, that's, that's kind of the thing is like, society's always going to do that. Um, But I think we're, we're really what we need to do is more like we were talking about earlier with the whole, like, you know, Society shouldn't be pointing at people like you who are saying you can be offended by something or not want to watch something. Society should be should be looking at the people who are doing the things and saying, you know, y'all don't have to do that if you don't want to. Right. Y'all, y'all can think of, y'all can think about what you're doing because that's that's all you're doing. You're just saying, hey, you're free. If you're thinking this, that's okay. You're free to think that. There's no harm in that. Yeah. But 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 telling somebody that they shouldn't think about things that's fucked up that's stupid that's just that's just fucking ignorant as fuck you shouldn't think about things okay i shouldn't have an opinion we can't talk about these things i can't even just throw something out without you going nazi you fucking nazi racist bastard you goddamn christian conservative what you think the the the, the angels are coming down tomorrow with the fire and brimstone don't you i love that accent yeah it's like no sense amazing <laughs> it's 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 true ignorance that wants to come at just somebody who wants to speak their mind like that. It's it's really it blows my mind. So have you ever heard of the term midwit before? Midwit, no, Mid, midwit. But yeah. I can imagine what a nitwit would be. No, no, it's a, a, a mid a midwit. M-I-D, midwit. Um, there's this guy. Oh. Uh, there's a writer. His name's Michael Malice, and he kind of coined this term midwit, which is a person who is just above average intelligence. And they really have to let everyone know all the time how intelligent they are. So there's these people who pop in with a, well, actually, it's spelled like this kind of people. And I think that's... What's the the Dunning-Kruger effect? What's that? The Dunning-Kruger effect is they're like ignorant. People who are ignorant are going to think that they're intelligent, basically. Like if you're ignorant of something, you're not going to know how ignorant you are of something. If if you're truly ignorant of it, you're going to think that you know everything about this thing. So you're just going to act like you know everything about this this subject even though you truly don't know anything about it because you've never really studied the subject specifically it's just your ignorance makes you empowered you're so ignorant that you think you know what you're talking about you know what i'm saying you're not smart basically you're not most people are not smart enough to know that they don't it's the socrates basically like knowing that i don't know is the true wisdom okay like, like, so basically, people who aren't able to accept that they may not know something. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you truly think that you know everything that there is about creation, and, and you think that just evolution is wrong, and you just know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you know better than anybody who has studied evolution at all because you just know it's wrong, um, because you don't know fucking shit about it. 
then then that that's sort of that's the Dunning Kruger effect is that you're so dumb you don't know how dumb you are. Yeah. And that, that that I mean that's that's essentially like uh, the whole point of the Dunning Kruger effect is that like people people do that with everything. Like mm-hmm. if you if you don't know about it, you're gonna think you know about it, right. or you're gonna think you know enough about it that you don't have to. You know, well, it, I think it's, it's true it's hard that hard for people to want to learn. Basically, I, I think it's true that you don't know that you don't know things. So it's yeah, yeah. it's hard to conceptualize Inherently. all the things you don't know. So yeah, you feel like you know thing. a lot. Yeah, it's just it's an yeah it's just an inherent part of not understanding. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. you don't know, then you don't know how much you don't know. But part and of that's, that's for that's, our psyche too. Yeah, I think that if it's, we it's just an inherent thing in knowledge. I think if we had to walk around pondering all the time how desperately ignorant we were of how everything worked, for example, like Evan, um, you know, was telling me that we don't actually have that good of an understanding of physics. And I thought, oh, well, we have all these equations that describe what happens to a ball when it's thrown in an arc and all that stuff. But, um, you know, it was interesting because we were talking about how your even all the technology we have to measure invisible forces only has the job of translating that information into something we can conceive of. Like we have a limited scent, a limited set of senses and that even all of our technology measuring things that are invisible to us is limited by the fact that it's still having to translate things to us. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure Evan's job relies on him measuring the probability of statistics more than him actually sitting down and going, this laser did this at this point in time. No, Evan needs like a whole fucking data sheet. <laughs> Evan needs as much data as he can get. Yeah. Evan needs, Evan doesn't need one time and I can repeat that. Evan needs 10,000 times. Evan needs a billion times and he needs to know how many times out of that million something happened that he didn't expect. Right. And he needs to know why. And Evan needs to be able to quantify that on some level and try to adjust what he's doing so that that won't happen and then needs to be able to still measure whether or not that does happen. It's a very it's a daunting task, Yeah. With what, especially with what he does because it is so precise and so minute with what he's trying to do with the amount of information that he's trying to gather. That it's like, yeah, you, you don't just go in and twist the laser knob a little bit higher. It's a big deal. It's a, it's a lot of fucking work. So, you know, and it's, it's so far beyond just knowing what the fuck is going on that most people, when you, when you say science to most people, they're like, yeah, it's, it's fucking Jesse fucking, uh, Pinkman. It's science, bitch. <laughs> like, no, you don't even understand what the fuck science is, dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> you have to, you have to fucking know this shit. You can't just fucking poke at it a couple times and go, okay, the bear doesn't like when you poke it. Science, bitch. <laughs> Can, that, yeah, that's a useful. Technically, science. Like, I guess. Okay, wow, we know we really need real answers here. Yeah, <laughs> We're yeah. not, it's not as simple as most people seem to think it is. It's just silly how we're not wired for these things. We're not wired for science. We're not wired for rationality. We're not wired for logic. You know, so trying to like hold society to those standards is difficult because we're just not wired for that stuff. That's a really good point, Zach. That's a really good point. Thank you. I think we're at a pretty good wrapping place, too. So maybe we could do that part where I say, hey, thank you for coming in or thank you for talking to us. And you can be like. Yeah. <laughs> right. Not a problem.
Thank you. Anytime. Thank you. Okay, so that's our program for you today. I hope you found that conversation as fascinating as I did while I was having it. I do plan on doing future interviews with all sorts of just interesting people or friends of mine that I think are weird or interesting. Most of my friends are weird and interesting in the same stride, so that'll be a lot of fun. But also, in the future, I'm hoping to go to a video format so that you'll have something to look at besides the picture that I put up in the background of this video. Anyway, I really want to thank you for hanging out with me and hanging out with Zach. And if you want to follow him on Twitter, his handle is at MeilerZach on Twitter.com. Or, you know, you can just email any questions you have for him to me. My email is at SovereignCookies at gmail.com. I also want to thank Jason Skelton of The Common Axes for the music for the intro for this program. You can follow him on Spotify. His band is called Common Axes. Axes like, you know, you chop down a tree with an axe. And I'll include a link to his music page in the description as well. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you so much.